Alright, everybody, welcome to the November 1st, our last pre-election Cascadian Views. Dan and Chris are, are both here today. How are you guys doing? Pretty well. Just strapped in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've had a, a flurry of final polls come out now. Uh, Morning Consult is, I think, the last major poller who hasn't released and they're teasing something soon. Uh mm. This is kind of the final check-in before the election. We are roughly 48 hours away from, you know, getting actual vote totals. Uh, and with one fairly big exception, all the final polls are are good for Biden. They're they're roughly in line with where the race has been for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the one glaring one I think that made everyone on Twitter poop their pants last night, but all the rest are okay. <laughs> Uh, even that earlier outlier poll about uh, Biden's numbers in Wisconsin is looking more reasonable now. The, the New York Times-Siena poll had him at plus 11. I think ABC had him at plus 17. And everybody was like, what the fuck is going on with that? Right. Yeah. Yes. Not what I was expecting. I mean, either, either the polls are drastically misreading, you know, what white people are going to do tomorrow, or something's changed it's very not tomorrow but tuesday it's very strange let's uh talk about the one poll that everybody's freaking out about uh that's the seltzer poll out of Mm -hmm. iowa she does it for the des moines register she famously was the only one to pick up on joni ernst uh her original election the the poll wasn't all that close it was you know 2.8 2.8 uh, percentage points off, but it was the only one that predicted the Ernst win in that race. Uh, her poll has drastically uh, swung towards Trump in the last week. It was plus seven for Trump, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And even more for, for Ernst. Seltzer is the gold standard, and, you know, doubting her, we do at our own uh, peril, but. There were some very funky things in the crosstabs of that poll. Seltzer uh, does not really do any sort of waiting. Uh, she does random digit dialing uh, in order to get a appropriate amount of people. And then she does geographical stratification to get at the weights that she wants. But it produced in this case is some very strange results, like a, a toss-up congressional district that was plus 21 Trump. Uh, in in her version of the Iowa electorate, I mm-hmm. I don't want to throw her poll out, but it does seem like uh, failing to control for her data inputs has maybe put this one on a little bit shakier ground. Yeah, I have to say my um my take on that poll was that it alarmed me much more the Senate than it did for the uh, electoral college because Iowa is sort of it would be an icing on the cake, but it's not really vital to any kind of electoral college outlook. Right. Right. I mean, the Senate numbers are, you know, really critical because, you know, I think in most calculations, uh, Greenfield would be the 51st Democrat in the Senate. But you're right. Uh, that would be probably the most dire consequence of that. I think the one, the one exception I'd take is if somehow she does have a better picture of what uh, Midwestern whites are thinking 
right. going into this election. That could have implications for what happens in Wisconsin, in Michigan, Minnesota. So if the mod if the turnout actually reflects her version versus what everybody else has, then that could be deep trouble. Now, Chris, well, you Iowa say Iowa state. doesn't matter. But let me mm -hmm. tell you, if you give all the safe states to, you know, who they're safe for, give Biden the upper Midwest, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Uh, if you give Trump, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, uh, if you give Biden, Arizona, and you assume that Biden does not take uh, Nebraska's second congressional district, then you get a 269-269 now. <laughs> Shudder. That's why I have Nebraska's second congressional district. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, Trump also froze a bunch of people to death out there last week. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I. that's one of the, I, as I was mentioning in the beginning, one of the three perfectly plausible, in my opinion, routes to a 269-269 map. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I have not been working from the assumption that Biden is going to win Iowa, but I have also been assuming it's going to be closer just for what that means for the neighboring states. Mm. So it right. does. Yeah, it gives me pause. But I think for a lot of the reasons you described, again, not to get too deep into unskewing polls or anything like that, there are definitely issues with it. And hopefully she's wrong. Yeah, I think the other issue to keep in mind with um with Iowa in particular, is it's a very white state. Is it? It is a much whiter state than, yeah, any of those others, mm -hmm. even Wisconsin. Yep. It is also, though, surprisingly culturally liberal in a way that I would say Wisconsin isn't, or or even Michigan in, in a certain way. These are states that are primarily Democratic because of, of labor union support, at least historically. Um, Iowa is very, very kind of at the forefront of the American culture wars uh, in a way you wouldn't expect from a Republican state. This is a Republican you know, court that legalized gay marriage in the state is one of the first in the country to do so. This is right. you know, a state that's really been at the forefront of the opium epidemic and looking at ways to tackle that without you know, jailing people. Um, it, it, it resonates a bit harder, I think, in, in Iowa. The democratic message than it does in say you know wisconsin outside of the traditional economic argument when you're talking about the actual like you know ginned up culture war issues right and yeah i mean it's also a state that yeah i mean the the democratic party there is certainly more liberal than a lot of those other places and there's a certain amount of democratic muscle memory that exists there that you know, might not be so solid for, again, I'm trying to think of, you know, some of the places that we're trying to flip, like North Carolina or Georgia or Arizona. But it's turned red and it's turned red hard as of the last half a decade or so between Ernst getting elected, um, the results in 2016, I think it was actually Trump won Iowa by a better percentage than he won probably several of, you know, the deep Southern Republican states. I want to say, was Texas closer than Iowa? I think it may have been. Iowa's also shaped real weird. Not to hold that against them, but it's not a shape you can really remember. 
It's like, almost a close. perfect square. What do you mean? No, it's not. It's two straight lines with a bunch of squiggles on either side. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's okay. two rivers. I mean, one yeah. is the Mississippi, and yeah. I, I yeah. was just I was looking at it, and I realized like I could close my eyes and like picture the shape of just about every state in the country. No, not for Iowa. <laughs> not I, I have zero idea what Iowa looks like unless I'm staring at it on the map like I am right now. Yeah, if we don't win, you know, just consolidate it with Nebraska. I think between the two of them, they're scheduled to lose at least one congressperson. So might as well merge them. So answer the question from a second ago, because I like to answer questions like that. The margin in Iowa was plus 9.4% Trump, and Texas was 8.99. Yeah, Texas was closer. Holy shit. Yeah. I am super twice. into Texas. Uh this cycle i texas is my pet project and i really i know it's unlikely it flips but i am so bought in on that e even looking at the early vote numbers and how how concentrated and up the numbers are in the cities i posted that picture on your topic chris just looking at you know like 120 percent turnout in austin texas uh, before yeah. election day I am so jazzed for Texas to flip, and I really hope it happens this cycle. And really, the future. president is almost less important. If we're able to flip the state house and, and have a hand on the levers of redistricting, I think that can shape the, the Congress for a long time to come. Yeah. Getting definitely... like equal representation, representation in Congress out of Texas would be incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's something that would be huge. I mean, we're staring down the barrel, of course, of thermostatic pressures, you know, instantly erasing our majority in the House in 2022. But again, you redistrict Texas in a fair manner, that question suddenly becomes a lot different. Mm -hmm. uh, Georgia, too, we have a real chance of flipping the state house and having influence on redistricting there. Uh, Arizona, we have a chance to flip in the state house, but it won't really matter. Uh, mm -hmm. They do redistricting through an independent commission. Um, and while we're on the topic of redistricting, Missouri has a constitutional amendment to uh, defang the independent re uh, redistricting committee that they had previously approved through ballot measure. Uh, they've got another ballot measure that would eliminate the independent board and make it a uh, political appointed board from the governor and the state legislature. It is close, but it's looking like it's gonna fail. I hope yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, go on, Dan. I was gonna say, yeah, Arizona, they uh, actually, redist you know, this redistricting commission that they've done has been quite a success story. I mean, they've basically matched their demographics. I mean, they've got a couple of safe Republican seats. They've got a couple of safe uh, Republican seats, and then most of them are fairly competitive. And so when the direction of the country swings, like 2018, you know, Democrats now actually have the majority, I believe, of their House seats. I so I do have a slight problem with an independent commission promoting competitiveness in the districts that they're drawing. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure if I believe that should be a yardstick that really sounds just like another way of drawing the maps to contain the voters you want them to contain um, sure when i took american law um which was a class my high school offered for reasons i'm not entirely sure about 
Uh, but when I took that class, the standard that the professor, our uh, teachers, high school, uh, really kind of drilled in us was like communities. And I've always, I've always appreciated that. You know, communities of shared interest, communities that share an identity, and sometimes you're going to end up with you know communities that are heavily one party or another. And I don't necessarily think that's a defect unless you are intentionally splitting up communities to produce those districts. So that's my one little piece on that. Uh, but I, I do appreciate an independent commission more than a politically appointed board because you have embedded interest on both sides, basically. All right. Uh, so in the 538 forecast, Trump has about a 60% chance uh, of winning Texas. Does that feel right to you? Hi. I have to say I'm with you. The fact that Texas is already over 100% of their 2016 turnout before anybody even shows up to the polls in person on election day, a lot more people are voting in Texas than before. And I don't believe it's a lot more Trump people who've, mm -hmm. who've somehow been activated. I believe it's either all new voters or it's people who sat out 2016 and now wish they hadn't. And that's actually yeah, reflected in the data. Uh, a large mm -hmm. number of these people are people who did not vote in 2016, and they are overwhelmingly against Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, you were saying the data? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the data that you posted, that infographic that showed where the um, over the 2016 turnout is was also pretty impressive. I mean, these huge numbers, you know, in the areas around Dallas, uh, Houston, I mean, that's where the state is really growing. And again, you know, Houston in particular, that's where the margin is going to be. Um, I think they've, uh, the party sent uh, Kamala Harris out this week basically to camp out and boost, boost turnout uh, there and on the border. And it looks like it's been pretty successful. Houston is the fourth largest city in the United States. It goes New York, mm -hmm. LA, Chicago, Houston. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and speaking of which, uh, we might as well talk about it since we're on Texas, but there was the uh, court case that's looking to throw out a little over 100,000 votes out of Harris County, uh, which is where Houston is. It has now been rejected twice by the Texas Supreme Court. Uh, they filed in federal court uh, with a terrible judge, by the way. They, they drew the absolute worst judge they could for protecting voting rights. Uh, but that'll be an emergency hearing tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see how far a hack will actually go. Yeah. Because, yeah, the Texas Supreme Court actually just released another ruling, just total contempt for this suit because yeah, they also comment. tried it in state court too. Yeah. Yeah. This was the second it, time they tried it in state court. This had gone all the way to the Texas Supreme Court last week. Yeah. I mean, a sane court would be issuing sanctions against this plaintiff because it's just absolutely ridiculous mm -hmm. it does have some buy-in at the u.s supreme court though the uh the gorsuch uh opinion mm -hmm. joined by three other uh conservative justices all pretty much took the argument that the texas gop is taking here yep that's what uh Cav gorsuch and kavanaugh and alito and thomas i assume yeah Oh, yay. 
I was only joined by three, so we're one of those guys uh, held back. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that hopefully means we have sanity prevailing. If you uh, take the people who didn't sign on to that and add Barrett, who we'll assume will, uh, when she actually gets around to taking cases, uh, that puts you at 5-4. So hopefully mm-hmm. I don't really want to rely on it, though. Yeah. Uh, we'll let's see. move on to a couple of the swing states, and we'll look at them together. Florida and Georgia um, have been very similar, although uh, Biden has been, of late, before this last batch of polls, been doing a little bit better in Georgia than he had been in Florida, which is surprising yeah. to me. The Georgia Senate races also look like they're both moving, so... yeah. yeah. Those three kind of reinforce each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's uh, just so much important happening in there. So absolutely. And Georgia, I think, was when I looked at it this morning, it was at 90 something percent of early vote. So, yep. It's another state where a lot more people are showing up one way or another. Yeah. Right now, um, let me see. I've got actually the turnout site here. Yeah, 93.7% of 2016 turnout for Georgia. Yeah. Florida's at 90.8. Uh, and did you see how good the villages are at turnout this year? That boggled my mind. The old mm. people are turning out, and they're turning out in favor of Biden, if, if we're, you know, to be believing the, the data on that. I, I mean, it's kind of weird that you should die to benefit the country wasn't a winning argument for them. <laughs> You'd be amazed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Florida, though, looks like it's going to be a squeaker. The polls there have been getting closer and closer. Um, as one right-wing pundit, uh, I saw a joke that at the end of humanity, when all that's left are two people, they will live in Florida. One will be a Democrat <laughs> and one will be a Republican. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the margin of there has shrunk down to a little over a point, which is easily within the window of st- uh, statistical noise. It's pretty much impossible to tell uh, if one person is ahead or the other. Yeah. Right. Uh, just looking at the early vote, uh, right now we've got about two, nearly two and a half million more people have voted early than did in 2016. Although it's about the same margin as it was uh, on election, you know, the morning of election day in 2016. It looks like it's just under 100,000 votes net for Democrats out of that early vote so far. So. I think the question is, you know, how much of the vote that's come in early, uh, who, who's cannibalized more of their election day vote, the Republicans or the Democrats? And I think that's going to be deciding it more than anything else. The yeah. uh, the range of outcomes there is just, uh, it's got me terrified. But on the other hand, it is the state that is probably best positioned to deliver us an answer on election night. Uh, in terms of who won this election, because if Biden takes Florida, it's basically over. There, there's really no path for Trump that doesn't include Florida. Exactly, and it's one of the ones that, like you said, will announce on election night, as opposed to I mean, Pennsylvania. I mean, it's also Florida. 
It's also <laughs> Florida. That's true. So assuming it's not like you know two thousand, and there's a difference of you know, I think Trump won it by about a percent. So it was. I think it was eventually called that night. So a difference of about a percent. It can yeah. eventually be. Declared, I think would... Florida will eventually count their uh, mail-in ballots on election night. Uh, <laughs> I don't have confidence that we'll know the final number for Miami-Dade anytime this week. Right. There's just, history would be on my side. <laughs> They've been pulling ballots out of Miami-Dade for like a month in every election. Are they still working on 2018 there? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so Florida, we, we hope. They're, they're best positioned to deal with the influx of mail-in. Uh, one of the other swing states is terribly positioned. Uh, that would be Pennsylvania, yep. uh, yeah. where there are some counties that won't even start counting uh, mail-in ballots until the day after the election will be the first time right. that they open them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, Pennsylvania is also likely to have a, a very strong blue, blue sway as the counts come in. Yeah. Um, it's going to look better for Trump on election night than it actually is. So yeah. we really got to hope for a good answer in Florida if we don't want Trump to just, you know, shit all over this election. Yeah, I'm looking at the margin right now in terms of ballots that have been returned. Democrats are looking at at least a net of about a million votes from the mail-in votes. So you know, hopefully at least that's going to be concentrated on counties that will be going ahead and opening and counting their ballots on Tuesday. But uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of gain that Democrats stand to make once those votes are finally counted. But they're going to be held back. <laughs> so, hooray. You know, and then we'll get, you know, the dictator dumbass going up and announcing, no, just don't opening up. I'm winning. I'm winning as long as you don't count those two as million. As you don't votes. count the votes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, my my fondest hope for Pennsylvania is that instead of becoming, look, we were the state that most successfully manipulated things and handed it to Trump, it becomes, look, we were the embarrassing state that couldn't count forever and it didn't even matter. Yeah. I was just going to exactly. say, my hope for Pennsylvania is it does not matter. Yep. Uh, when in Florida, in Texas, and it's irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, in terms of states that I think could put it away, too, I think North Carolina is underrated. I think Biden has a very strong hand in there. He's winning two-thirds of the time in the 538 forecast. Uh, he has a chance, a, a 1 in 100 chance to win by over 15 points, uh, a 7% chance to win by more than 10 points, a 50% chance to win by more than 5 points. Uh, mm -hmm. And taking North Carolina for Trump also really shuts the door in a lot of places. Uh, that's also a state that will count fairly quickly. Uh, it's it's another one I have hope for that we know on election night, or at least know close enough. If Biden's winning that by 10 or 15 points, we'll know. Uh, so that one's, I definitely have hope for that. Um, Nevada is already in the bag, basically. Uh, John Ralston has a great dive into the early voting numbers, and uh, assuming anything short of a 100% turnout and 90% margin uh, from the rural counties for Trump on Election Day, he doesn't have the votes to win it. Early votes yeah. come in strong enough from Clark and Washoe. Uh, so that one looks to be over, uh, although the Trump campaign 
is asserting it's a swing state. They are wrong. Uh, the closest thing to a pure toss-up we have is Ohio, which is surprising to me because me, along with the rest of the party, including the National Party in D.C., had written off Ohio for this election not mm-hmm. that long ago. Wasn't even considered a battleground. Now Biden wins it 50% of the time. And he's going there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the behest of Senator Sherrod Brown, who says he can win it. Biden campaigned and pulled out of it. Brown pulled right. back in. I trust a wild-haired right. man. Mm-hmm. If anyone knows how to win it, it's Sherrod Brown. So, yeah. Uh, I think this is a place where I have more faith in Ohio as a bellwether of neighboring states than I do of Iowa. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, Ohio went with uh, basically went with the other states in 2016 and in 2012. So, yeah. I think Ohio tells us a lot about Pennsylvania. I think it tells us less about Michigan and Wisconsin. Right. Um, which, it, to be fair, is a popular opinion to have these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not, like, breaking new ground there or anything. Uh, but the other swing state we've got, uh, I think that we'd consider kind of a top-tier swing state, at least, is Arizona. How are you guys feeling about that? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I think <laughs> the Rocket Man is still going to pull us across the line. Is my feeling for the uh, last three months, according to Five Thirty Eight, Rocket Man has been between a seventy-six and eighty-one percent chance to win. Has not changed from that range all summer. Yep, and he's at eighty right now, so he's near the top of that range. Yeah, but we're leading in the polls. We're leading in the early vote. Uh, feels good to me. We are leading in the good polls. There are a number of yeah. recent polls that show Trump winning the state. Uh, Rasmussen Reports, Atlas Intel, and Trafalgar Group all have Trump up. Uh, they're all so pretty poor. The horseshit polls. <laughs> the Republican <laughs> House horseshit polls. Yeah, exactly. Of the, that the group, math- the highest is Atlas Intel, which 538 ranks on the bubble between B and C grade. Yeah. And I don't think that even... I haven't seen all that many polls from them either, but yeah, it's all garbage. You know, every poll that's worth shit is, you know, or worth more than shit is showing, you know, pretty substantial leads for Kelly. So, oh yeah, I was talking about the presidential race. Oh, for for Biden, right? right, right. Yeah, Yeah. that too. Yes. Uh, For Kelly, Yeah. yeah, Kelly has not trailed in a single poll. Yeah, not even Rasmussen actually can (laughs) track it down. So how about that? (laughs) Oh, man. That that one is as pretty close to in the bag as I I really foresee. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think there's any indication um, on the other, the congressional districts are following? Maine, Nebraska? Um, well, Maine now has the uh, our you know ranked choice voting, which not for president. Should... What's that? Not for not president. for president. No, I thought they did apply that. You know, uh, not just maybe for... I'm wrong. Let me let me look that up. I think I they do it, it for everything for but everything but governor. I want to say. Let me pull something up here. Oh yeah, no, they do do it for president. 
Yeah. So I think Biden's going to carry both. I mean, Golden did well enough there after uh, application of RCV. I think I think Biden will carry both districts too. And Nebraska second is looking pretty good. Obama carried it only once, but it's also a fairly urban district, at least as far as Nebraska goes. Yeah, it's Omaha in the suburbs. Yeah. Those are the kind of people that Trump has bled with. So, it, it, Let's talk about RCV for a second, because this is a minor story, but I actually, uh, it really struck me as something that's going to kind of change in the future. There's an independent progressive candidate running for Senate in Maine. She's, mm-hmm. she's pretty well liked. She's, you know, a great candidate. She's not going to win, but because of RCV, um, she's not going to really hurt Gideon at all. And her campaign approached the Gideon campaign for a mutual second pact where supporters of one would be encouraged to mark the other as their second place and vice versa for the other candidate. Um, The Gideon campaign did not agree to it. Uh, The independent progressive is still asking her voters to put Gideon second. I think those sort of mutual second packs are, are going to become a thing if RCV takes off. And I really think it's one of the best ways you can grow a third party without doing the spoiler effect. Uh, and I really wish Gideon had agreed to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, we're going to be doing elections a little differently going forward in some places, and RCV I think is a great way. And it's, say uh, it's it's on the ballot in Alaska and in Massachusetts this year, I believe. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's expanding. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think we should see more of that. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Uh, I want to go down the the swing state list finally here, and uh, let, let's put our chips on the table. Let's let's take bets on this so we can hold ourselves <laughs> to it. Florida. Who do you think takes Florida? I'm going to say Biden. Yeah, I think so too. But I think it's very close. I I may revise that after seeing how turnout goes in Miami-Dade over the next day or two. <laughs> yeah, I'm pessimistic about Florida. Um, I hope Biden takes it, but I'm assuming Trump takes it, uh, which is kind of weird because I actually, this will bring us to our, our next state. I think Biden does take Georgia. I, I think the turnout around Atlanta is too much this year. I think the anger uh, is too much. I think this is the year that Georgia flips for us. I think we narrowly lose Florida. I think we narrowly win Georgia. I, I'm going with you on this Georgia bet. I, yeah, I'm going on the other side of that. I'd say if, we, if Florida's too close to call, then I don't think Georgia's there yet. I think it's going to get closer, but I don't see it. All right. Uh, North Carolina? I think we got it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think this is our year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we get the Senate seat there, too, just for the record. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tillis is... I don't think he can pull it out. Cunningham should have kept in his pants, but I don't think Tillis can can pull it out there. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that really should have been fatal, but <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I, sometimes we win some of those. It's not always Republicans. <laughs> yeah. 
if he were sleazier about it, I'd mind more. But the fact that it's just kind of a run of the mill affair, and to be honest, what we saw of it was almost cute. I I don't care as much. He wasn't abusing anybody. He wasn't, you know, using his position of authority. I mean, historically sexy is cringeworthy, but he's like a Parks and he's like a Parks and Rec character having an affair. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Okay. Pennsylvania. I think we got it once we count it. <laughs> yeah, I think we have it, but we don't know it until the end of November. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. I've I've got some trepidations about Pennsylvania, not on the on the manipulation. Oh, not on the actual votes themselves. You think we might lose it fair? No, I don't think we would lose it fair. I don't think oh, it will be fair. Oh, oh, okay. oh You'd, okay. I see. All right. How do you think they're going to fuck around with it, Chris? I just feel like there's going to be... There's going to be lots of lawsuits. There may be some strangely missing ballots. There may be some last-minute rulings about certain precincts not counting... The state legislature may decide that things are so iffy that they send an alternate slate of electors, which is totally illegal, but they may do it anyway, and then we may have to have a court case on that. I just see multiple directions of things getting fucked up in Pennsylvania. It is. It really is the state with the most opportunity for fuckery. You're right. They've been dipping their toes in that already. It's a little bit harder because they have a Democratic governor, but not impossible. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. that's going to be part of the lawsuit is, you know, the Constitution says that <laughs> it is yes, so, they, they're slated, selected by the legislature, but, you know, they've got also an act of legislation that says it has to, any kind of changes to election law have to be done as a regular, you know, bill, which would have to be vetoed or signed by the governor. So there's to be all kinds of fights over that if they decide to go down that road, if it matters. And God willing, it won't. <laughs> We hope. <laughs> All right, next door in Ohio. Uh, I'll let Chris go first on this one. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't agree. be I think they're surprised crazy. if it happened, but I don't think so on balance. Yeah. I think I'm, they're crazy going there tomorrow. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, I don't know if they're crazy going there. I mean, so much of the vote is in in so many places that I think a lot of these last-minute rallies don't really matter. Yeah. If they're going to matter anywhere, they're going to matter in the state like Ohio, where you know there's a very traditional voting population and whatnot. So I don't mind the trip there, but I'm not optimistic about the state, no. I mean, more of the vote is in there than in Pennsylvania. So, but yeah... It's, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit further from reach. But. Yeah, more of the states in than in Pennsylvania, but that's because it's almost impossible to early vote in Pennsylvania. I mean, there are very strict yeah. rules. You're not allowed no excuse absentee. You have to have a valid excuse for why you won't be there. Ohio has more early voting, but I, I just, I think so much of its population, including mm-hmm. Democrats, are just more traditional election day voters that you can juice turnout there in a way that, yeah. Pennsylvania doesn't have as many people in yet because people can't vote yet. Whereas in Ohio, they just kind of wait to vote. 
I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Right. Uh, we talked about Arizona. We talked about oh, Iowa, I guess, is the last one. I'm pessimistic on that. I'll go first. I don't think we take it. Yeah, I think we're closer than Selzer, but I don't think we get it. Yeah. Uh, I do think I really Greenfield, hope Greenfield takes runs ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I guess it's not really a swing state. I don't remember if we talked about it or not, but uh, I think I think we take Texas. So. Ooh. I think we do. Yeah. I, have, I have faith in where those new voters are coming from. I'm looking at the numbers. I think we take Texas. This map is. Gonna I'm going to go so crazy with you. I'm in. Yeah. This map is going to be so fucking weird. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to bet against it just so we don't jinx it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a better chance. We have like almost twice as good a chance of taking Florida as we do of taking Texas. But I feel much better about Texas than I do in Florida. Hmm. All right. I, I think the party has been building infrastructure there. Uh, that especially increased under Beto. National Democrats took a look. People are getting involved. I think we now have the people and the staff on the ground and the voters to, to win elections in Texas. I am probably wrong if you listen to the experts, so don't trust me, but I'm putting my chips down so that I can look either hella smart or never mention this again in a couple days. All right. <laughs> All right, uh, we have a somewhat local story. Uh, Chris in the far-flung reaches of Outer Cascadia, <laughs> otherwise known as Vermont, <laughs> has a bit of news for us that involves uh, his state. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just, it's sort of like a footnote to a footnote, but it just tickled my fancy, um, which is in that case, I believe it was last week, where the Supreme Court found five to three against Wisconsin extending their deadline for um, counting mail-in votes. Um, the various justices, you know, wrote their supporting opinions. In Kavanaugh's opinion, he had a little passing line about how many states, for instance, Vermont, haven't found it necessary to change any of their rules at all. <laughs> this was in the course of his opinion where he was basically saying, like, we can't have an election flipped by actually counting votes. That would not do. <laughs> uh, so... The Secretary of State of Vermont then actually sent out a letter, <laughs> um, like formally sent out a letter and said, yeah, this isn't true. We've actually done many measures in response to this election, and here's the list of them. So Kavanaugh's office then updated his ruling and literally just changed it to instead of Vermont hasn't done anything, Vermont hasn't found it necessary to extend its deadline for counting mail-in votes. So then our Secretary of State came back and said, well, your correction is technically correct. Thank you for making it, but you still entirely missed the point. <laughs> and and uh, then proceeded to say, the reason that we didn't extend our deadline for mail-in voting is because we sent out ballots two months early. We sent out ballots with prepaid postage. We set up curbside voting. We set up outdoor voting. We enabled county offices to start processing votes 30 days before the election. These are all the reasons that we didn't feel we had to extend our deadline. And by the way, your central contention that there's something somehow illegitimate about absentee ballots coming in after a certain date being counted is hogwash. Good for him. 
So I was very proud of uh, <laughs> the feistiness of our Secretary of State's office around Absolutely. I it's good to have state officials with that, you know, of that caliber around. Yeah. I mean, especially considering how soul chilling Kavanaugh's basic assertion there was that, you know, it's inherently illegitimate if the result changes after election day. Basically put the Trump thinking into a Supreme Court, you know, of an official Supreme Court document. Just so appalling that he's in that office. Absolutely on every level. Yeah. Uh, I've got a little local story I'll throw in. Uh, we have now, the uh, Oregon Health Authority has issued an official apology for the video that they posted uh, their daily coronavirus briefing, which announced deaths in the state. Uh, earlier this month, in an effort to promote Halloween COVID safety, they did the event in full costume, uh, in which you can see a wonderfully painted clown announce how sad that they are about the three deaths that they are announcing that day in the video. <laughs> it took off in in the media uh the oregon live fox news the independent over the uk tmz all ran with it in a statement yesterday the communications director for the oregon health authority rob coey said that quote we regret that earlier this month three tragic covid19 deaths were announced during a facebook live event focused on preventing the spread of covid during halloween celebrations we mourn every person who has died from COVID-19, and we acknowledge the pain and loss their passing has left in their lives of their loved ones. Yeah, probably not ideal to be doing these things as a clown. Just no. saying. <laughs> <laughs> I posted a screenshot oh, in the group. It's it's just as as fucking macabre as you would think. It's hilarious and dark. <laughs> All right. I think that'll do it. I uh, hope everybody had a good Halloween. We are 48 hours away from starting to receive results, I believe. Get your uh, get your butts in your chairs. Get ready. <laughs> Hopefully you've all already voted. You know, if you haven't, go out there. But, uh, yeah, we got our ballots oh, yeah. almost a month ago, so. We already Strap voted. in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, do you guys early vote in vermont we do okay, we so do you got um, your ballot in already i ended up well when they first were um like months ago announcing what they were going to do at that time they were really uncertain about having people even show up you know they were saying if you can not vote in person don't do it because we don't know what the health situation will be mm -hmm. so i got an absentee ballot and pretty much the minute i got mine i filled it in and took it into our town office the next day. So Fantastic. my vote's been banked for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, same. And we're at we're actually closing in on a hundred percent here in Washington State too. We're at ninety ninety eight percent of our I thought I'd seen turnout. that Washington turnout was uh, was down this year. It's I guess not. Shooting up. I mean, this is the only way people vote, of course. But yeah. Not quite the only way people vote out, you filthy heathens up in Washington. You cut polling places. Yeah, we do have a few. 
Yeah, one per district <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, but I suppose yeah. I mean, not everybody I guess has access to the mail so easily. So there's got to be something there. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good week, guys. We will commiserate or celebrate next week. Uh, I do work election night, so I'll be up pretty late that night uh, following results and whatnot. I hope to see you guys there. All right. We'll see you. All right. Bye.